Donkey Kong chasing Chi. And what the hell, Chi? <laughs> what was that? Okay. All right. <laughs> don't don't jump out the window. It's going to be okay. <laughs> I wasn't expecting you to come in hot like that, but you did. <laughs> I've been this has been pent up for the last 4 days and I'm just I don't I was I went to the Braves game on Sunday and I was with uh, some some friends and I kept joking about it but then it also kind of made sense like I just wanted to like drown myself in a pool. Like just jump in the pool and just not <laughs> get out. I mean it was just it, I don't know. It was just terrible. Well, I Patrick, we we still won the football game 14 four, by 14 points. We're, right, 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 we're, right. We're going right. to be okay. I I'm not saying it was the best performance I've ever seen in my life because it certainly was not. But uh you know, at, at the risk of sounding like I'm just too much of an optimist, uh I think we're going to be okay. But don't don't get me wrong. We may not be who we thought we were. But we may well, I think we are better than what we showed on Saturday. I agree with, I absolutely agree with that. Uh I, I hadn't been that anxious. I haven't been that type of anxious in a while. Um because you go back to like a national championship anxious, uh Rose Bowl anxious, uh those games it's like Oh, like this is an incredible experience. Like we're playing our hearts out. Like we're gonna get. Like we're doing well. And then, uh, and then you like the Auburn game regular season. You're just getting the hell beat out of, it and you're like, they're a good football team. We just we didn't show up. This game was just. We should have done. We should have just been more clean. We they basically did nothing that we told them to do. It's like they didn't listen to us, Chi. We I, said don't do. We said don't do these yeah. things, mm-hmm. and then do these things. And they didn't do the things we said do, and then they did the things that we said don't do. Yes, yes, and it, and yeah, I I think they should be paying a, paying a little bit more attention to us. Uh, not that they're paying any attention right now, but they should be. They should be. If you're trying to game plan for a team, all you gotta do is tune in the podcast every Thursday, <laughs> and you're gonna figure <laughs> out how to beat somebody. I promise. <laughs> Uh, we're giving ourselves way too much credit uh you know we'll we'll do i guess we'll do a little bit of the recap i know we we're both frustrated i think we both as as kirby has talked about since literally since that ball game um we there's a standard that's been set especially after last year and there's a point where you know in that game where you started to kind of see that we were just were not living up to that standard. And I, I think my biggest takeaway from that game was, okay, so first of all, we we played maybe our C game. It's probably our C game. We, we As I mentioned earlier, we're definitely better than that. But at the same – and we still beat them by 14 points. But something that was the most troubling to me was our tackling. There was a lot of arm tackles. There was not a lot of tackles where you're just putting a body on body and knocking a guy on his ass. There wasn't a lot of tackles where I felt like we were kind of stopping them at the point of contact. They were getting a lot of yards after contact. And you don't expect that from a defense, especially after what we did last year, where we were just a dominant force. Well, and and it wasn't off of the, the yards after contact weren't off of like toss sweep or something or an end around where right you're trying to set those up it was just a handoff up the middle like that they were gashing us up the gut and and we've got a front seven that we were that we had high hopes for at the beginning of this year and and i'm just kind of hoping that they 
it was just kind of an off day, but but really kind of what our our narrative that we had at the beginning of the season where we were questioning our, our DBs and it's like, are they going to live up to the hype? But we feel pretty good about our front seven. And then our front seven gets challenged against the team that we were afraid about our DBs doing, and our DBs shut them down. Like Drew Locke was non-existent. Zero, he, he, zero he, passing he, touchdowns. He, he was he he was he was a non-factor, but Beatty was the thing that we were most concerned about. I mean, their offensive line made huge holes, and I don't really know what was going on there. I don't know if they. I mean, they just out-physicaled us. Really, not. I wouldn't say that our our offensive line didn't play great either. I mean, about fourth and one, we can't even get back to the line of scrimmage. I mean, they just plowed through us like like paper on that last on that run um but that uh, but our defensive line uh, couldn't couldn't get to them i mean it was like i said it was just runs up the gut that was that was their that was their play sure yeah i so the defensive line i mean coming in the season we knew that that was going to be a question mark but now i think after watching missouri do what they did so they've they've run for consecutive games a team has run for 150 plus yards on us they ran for like 175 or so 179 don't get me wrong. That's not a lot of rushing yards in a game. I mean, you know, we expect to have 250 plus against every team, kind of thing. Uh, as you know, coming from our side, we did not expect a team like Missouri, who doesn't have many rushing yards to their name, period, to be doing that, especially not between the tackles. But I, that's that's exactly what we're saying. It's we knew it was going to be a weak spot, but where we're also lacking, you know, the defensive line. I, you know, there's guys that are really good. Tyler Clark is really good. I think that David Marshall's filling in very well. And then obviously we got like Ledbetter, Michael Barnett. We need more out of those guys. Michael Barnett had a really bad game, but they're not. One thing I noticed is that we're not, we're like getting stood up and we're not shaking off the blockers on the defensive line. And it doesn't really matter if you make the play or not, but as long as you disrupt that running lane, then the linebacker is going to have a chance to clean up on it. But even whenever we did that, we were kind of missing the guys. Like Jawan Taylor, I don't, I don't really remember him making very many plays. But there was just way too many tackles where we're either arm tackling or literally, you know, hitting people up on the chest and then just like you know, kind of falling backwards to make a tackle. It just wasn't that physicality we've come to expect. And, and, and it, like, you don't even have to look that far ago. I mean, when we played South Carolina, Richard LeCount almost killed a guy. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's not like we don't have it. It was like that – it was almost like we were just asleep still. Yeah, I, I, I'm just hoping that it was just a noon game. And even for them, for where, where they were at, it was an 11, 11 a.m. game. And so, I mean, I'm just hoping that we just weren't really up for it. I mean, because the score doesn't even really reflect – that game that game should have been so much closer we had so many lucky breaks that tyson campbell strip and uh strip on the on the riders wide receiver and just picked it up and ran it in that's a 50 50 should have blown it dead kind of thing we got the benefit of that yep um we had a couple like i said a couple that just kind of went with the block punt walking in the end zone yeah stokes who had a monstrosity of a game, just an incredible game for him. Very I mean, making plays, him. making plays left and right. There were some guys that really stood out and made made a like DeAndre Walker had an incredible game, like batting balls, sacking the quarterback, causing fumbles, really being a presence and and making Drew Lock 
like we said, non-existent. He was there all the time. Um, and then obviously Baker turned their star wide receiver hall. He he didn't even have a game. Did he even catch a ball? Did he catch like I don't even know if he caught a ball. Let me. I can um, check it real quick. I have the stats sitting up right here. It does not look like he caught a single ball the entire ball game. And then, and then he didn't even cover him the whole time because he, because Locke, because Baker was covering him, he had to start going to other guys, and they had that, uh, that I can't even say his last name. I don't, I don't know. There's, I'm not there's zero it. chance that you're going to be able to <laughs> pronounce his name. I'm not going to try to tie in uh, the o, Alberto is what they Alberto. call him on the broadcast. Oh, my God, Exactly. Well done. Hey, leave, uh, leave it was, to me to pronounce the names. All right, I'll get them all and, right. Uh, and so, I mean, some of the guys played incredibly well on defense. Um, and then our offense, we hadn't really spoken about them yet. Uh, our offense, I felt like, finally got it going in the second half. And, and from from all the things that we talked about last time, Fromm really showed up. Fromm had yep. an incredible game. I mean, yep. just top to bottom. Like, I didn't have any – I don't have any. I didn't really see anything that gave me any kind of concerns. Yeah, he started going back to those fifty-fifty balls and and Ridley going up and making plays. Yeah, well, two two events. So he only had I think a fifty-six completion percentage or something like that on the day. But I can think of two balls, and both of them were to Miko that could have very easily been touchdowns. That well, whenever we were on that, you know, daggum third third and nine or excuse me it was like third and five from you know to the goal line and then whenever we should have just ran the ball three straight times and gotten in the end zone but we threw the ball after fields came in for one snap it doesn't make any sense but anyway we had like the second five uh you know to the goal and then he threw the ball to the corner of the end zone to Miko, and he actually called it he just didn't get his foot down and then there was also another long ball to Miko in the first quarter that was on the money Miko just got hung up with the defensive back a little bit. So, I mean, there was two plays. That's two incompletions. Otherwise, you know, that's potential that he had two more passing touchdowns. And that pick was also – it wasn't Miko's fault, really. I mean, it wasn't Fromm's fault. I mean, he did stick it in there a little bit too much. But it really should not have been an interception. It should have been a strip fumble uh, from Miko because he had possession, I thought, and then the guy just stole it right out of his hand. It was just one of those things. The guy was just in the perfect position and just took it, took it from him before Miko could really get a hold of it. But, uh, but, but to me, any kind of, I think from being in there the whole game, I, I think the first half we saw a little bit of that 2016 play calling. In my opinion, just Agreed. It, it wasn't. It just it was so questionable. And, and we haven't. And I don't. I can't really remember any time last season where I was just – and maybe it was just because we were firing on all cylinders and everything was going great, and so you don't really question the play calling when everything's going wonderful. Um, but I never had the thought, like, why did we why did we do that for a whole series kind of thing or why in the situation did we do that uh, very often. But that whole first half just didn't feel – it didn't feel right. It's like we're not getting our ball to our playmakers. Like when you're on, you're on third down and you're you're giving we got Harrion in there, and third and short and you got Harrion in. Like love the guy, but we've got a freaking freight train sitting on the sideline that's can plow through anybody on that defense in Holyfield, and it's just like give him the freaking ball. Like yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just I, that, some of those things didn't make sense to me. Yeah, well, Cheney has 
you know, he's doing a lot. He's still doing a lot of the same stuff. But I will agree with you that that first half of the game, really for the majority of the game period, I thought that he was going back to way too far back to to the basics, and it did look like a, that 2016 season where it was just like dive play down the middle, dive play down the middle, shotgun pass to you know that the sideline punt kind of thing. And we kept on, you know, one thing is we just need to be more creative in those situations. I'm not a big fan of, look, okay, we still have, we have one of the biggest offensive lines in the country, but I'm not a big fan of a fourth and one, okay, let's just line up and run it down their throats. I, I would much rather line up in a single back or a shotgun formation and spread out two or three wide receivers to the outside, open up the field a little bit more, and then run out of that, that set. I feel like we actually are more capable and we get more yardage out of that kind of set. Or, hell, like let's just line up and throw the ball. Or do a play action and throw it over to one of our tight ends who never get any passes. <laughs> so, let's – I mean, I, they were – obviously, it's it's just hard for anybody. I don't care if you're Georgia or Alabama or anybody. When you line up on a fourth and one and the entire team knows that you're just going to try to run it up the middle and they can stack the box with literally 11 guys – I mean, you're going to get stopped a pretty good bit of time. Listening to the Monday night game uh, or the Sunday night game between the Lions and the Patriots and their radio announcer, uh, one of their radio announcers for the Lions was a uh, an offensive lineman. And the guy's like, what kind of play was that? And he's like, that was an attitude play. And it was like a, like a, it was like a fourth and short or something like that. And, uh, and uh, it just made me think, as soon as he said that, and I was like, we had no damn attitude that game. It was like he was preaching to me, and like I, I, I felt it. <laughs> and we, but we just didn't. We, we weren't there defensively. Offensively, I feel like we got our, we caught our stride in the second half. Obviously, I mean, we still put up forty-three points, like you said, but fourteen of those points were special teams defense. And then, like we also had the big interception, ran it back that we only kicked the field goal off of in that short field uh, situation. So, I mean, like, our defense special teams really bailed us out uh, in a lot of situations there. Because, I mean, I mean they, they put up points on us. They put up 29 points. And, um, and, and I'll say this, too. Missouri's a good football team. Like, they're we're – we're, we're making them sound like they're Tulane or something like that. Like, they're, they're, they're a good I'll football team. I'll be honest, team. we kind of made them sound like they sucked in the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> After after we recorded that, I was like, we really made them sound like we were playing Middle Tennessee State again, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that was not the case. <laughs> yeah. And and honestly, we I think we were both just really excited and just like wanted to get in there and dominate. And I think literally took it it took about a quarter for us to both realize like, okay, look, look, we 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 were not we're not in over our heads, but we were not exactly giving them as much as they were due. Uh, coming in this ball game, so we did. We just didn't give them as much respect as they should have had. I mean, obviously, the thing is, we were we were prepared for what their biggest weapon was, and that's the passing game. And then they just ran all over us, and we can't. That's the kind of aspect we can't have coming in coming out of a ball game. Well, and two, their receivers are could all play tight end. Yeah, did you notice how big they are? Ginormous. Yeah. It was absurd. They were like, I'm like, where do you find these people? It was insane. But at the same time, our guys, our guys looked huge. <laughs> our receivers looked incredibly large this game. It just made plays, and so I got, I, I do want to pull some good things out of it. Like I said, that the run game did kind of pick up. Holyfield showed up uh, and, and played well. 
Swift's had a couple good plays, but we're still we're still in that frame of mind with him. Like I don't know what's going on there. Um, I really don't. I don't think they're holding him back at this point. I I think he was full go. Obviously, he he started the ball game. I think he did. But regardless, Holyfield is kind of, in in my opinion, he might just be winning that starting job. I mean, the way he's been running with, I mean, he's been a force, and he's also been able to move side to side. He's got that agility, and then he's got the acceleration. I mean, I've just been really impressed, and I wish that I named him as my sleeper of the year. But at the same time, like everybody knew that he was going to be a, a, a productive player this year. So, I, you know, we our offense didn't didn't look bad at all. I, I I think it looked fine. The only part that I didn't like was whenever we, well, one of the one of the few times I didn't like was whenever we didn't didn't run the ball you know, on that third and goal from the five. And then there was a couple times where we just had bonehead running plays. It, it reminded me of like like five or six years ago whenever we just tried to run a draw on like a third and ten kind of stuff. And I mm, I can't have that. Man, let's just – you have to try to get every, every first down. But whenever we were getting in those passing situations, I mean, let's be honest, Fromm had – I think he had a 61 yard, 55, and then another 50 plus yard receiving t- uh, or passing touchdown to you know Holloman. Holloman Miko was about as easy as a touchdown as you can get. He was wide ass open, and then that play. I just want to say Riley Ridley is soon be- is quickly becoming my favorite receiver. I I know that's your boy. I know. But Miko, Miko, and Riley are just such such threats on the sideline and deep balls. I love it. But Riley's catch when he ever he called it, you know, the back shoulder throw, called it. Cornerback runs past him, and he literally just like kind of flaunts into the end zone. My favorite play of the game. I loved it. Oh, it was, well, in the Holloman play, uh, I, I was I watched. Oh yeah, let's talk dad. about that uh, that ball on the uh, that got thrown around. Well, you go. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say when my, I was watching it with my, my dad at home and uh, we hadn't, it was actually good for us. We haven't been able to watch a game together, just, just he and I uh, in a while. So it was good to do that, except this game was causing him to say expletives. And then as his son watching his father and learning from his father, I also said expletives. <laughs> and so oh, you, you never par- do that. <laughs> par- parents, parents, remember your children are always watching and, uh, and, I, but Holloman caught that ball, and he in his in his uh, and when he landed, he remember he was so close to the sideline, and I was just in my my pessimistic mode, and I was like, I was like, all right, he caught it, but uh, he 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 stepped out of bounds, and Dad's like, he's like, no, he's he's running the end zone, he's he's going, he's going, and I'm like, no, he stepped out of bounds, like he stepped out of bounds, and then they go to the replay, and I was like. Holy, he didn't step out of bounds. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, I didn't even celebrate the whole time. My dad's like flipping furniture over. <laughs> so excited. But it was, but it, it we, our receivers just showed up. And I mean, from was back in that mode. And um, so that, that was good to see. Second wait, half. wait, was, for a second. We got to back up for a second though. A Holloman did have, he did make a great play on the sideline, but then he ran down the sideline and almost threw the ball down before he walked into the end zone. That's and the... I almost had a conniption. <laughs> <laughs> like I almost started like calling spirits out of the like ground, like or doing something. <laughs> it, was, it was. I'm trying to like verbalize the emotions that I was say? feeling. 
<laughs> I don't know. And that's what I'm saying. I'm having a hard time, like, verbalizing how angry I was. Yeah, okay. Um, like, I'm getting fired up right now. Like, I'm actually kind of hot. Uh, what What were your thoughts? Because I can't say. Okay, <laughs> no. I Well, here's the deal. The second time in three games that that's happened, I, 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 I get it. You're excited. It's his second career touchdown. Hang on to the damn football across the goal line. I mean, half a second later, then you can throw the ball down. But, uh, you know, give credit where credit's due. It was a hell of a play, hell of a throw, hell of a catch, catch and run, boom, touchdown. Let's do it every ball game. But please, for the love of God, let's, like, can we take, like, a 20-minute at least segment every practice? And I'm sure Kirby is just absolutely ingraining this in their mind nowadays. But can we just take 20 minutes to literally just hold everybody gets a football and then just walks across the goal line, and then drops it down or hands it to the ref. That's, That's what, what I'm saying. The, ru- do, the rule should be, the rule should be hand it to the ref. Yeah. Like, cause then there's no question hand it, hand it to the ref and then you're golden every yeah. time, every yeah. time. Like you're a delivery man. Yeah. <laughs> just dropping off. The I package. was so like, I don't even know how the last time that I can remember is when Todd, his freshman year, he took that kickoff return and ran it back, which was such so great that he ran it and he then he did that and they went back and overturned and it was a touchback or whatever, and then he took the next kickoff return and ran it back for a touchdown, <laughs> which was which was which was great, but um, but the two and three games is just baffling. But it uh, in the press conference they asked Kirby about it and he was very professional and was like, basically we'll handle that internally. Which basically means like every stair in Sanford Stadium, you're gonna run it. <laughs> like, yeah, we're running <laughs> like all, wind like, sprints up Sanford Stadium. <laughs> I mean, just uh, anyway. Hey, anyway, we can we can talk about how we just almost had an aneurysm after that play, as as long as we can talk. But uh, I, I do want to. There's a couple other points I want to bring up. One. I know we kind of hit on it real quick, but I, I just kind of want to go down DeAndre Walker's stat line. He had two sacks on the game, two tackles for a loss, pass deflection, forced fumble, pass, and he had a pass breakup too. So, oh, and then, well, sorry, he had a tip ball, pass deflection, but then he also had that pass breakup where he was actually trailing that big-ass tight end and not the ball out of his hands. I, that was DeAndre Walker's, potentially his best game of his career on Saturday, which is terrible because... It was overshadowed by the fact that the rest of the defense decided they weren't going to tackle on the day. But that guy got it done. He's a dude. I love him. The fact that he was still covering. I mean, the fact that he has kind of worked on his coverage skills and was able to, to trail a guy. Because that was one thing I didn't think he was going to be able to do this year. Very pumped about it. Um, also, so he was him and Eric Stokes were my two defensive players of the game. Um, I couldn't pick between the both of them because Eric Stokes just had he also had the best game of his career his young career but he uh he had several I mean he was just the coverage downfield and I know we talked about it but zero passing touchdowns so it was kind of one of those things that okay yeah uh we're giving up the running game but the fact that we weren't giving up much I mean he had I think Drew Locke had like 215 yards or 210 yards passing so I mean you know kudos to Kudos to the secondary. Good for those guys. Uh, and then J.R. Reed was also the leading tackler in the game. Oh, also, quick quick fun fact. Uh, my brother was there, Aubrey, and he said that Tyson Campbell, uh, shortly after, I don't know if you noticed, but on his uh, 
fumble recovery for a touchdown. So he picks up the ball, and it looked like his shoulder, like his he was kind of straight-arming with his left arm. And I think, obviously, you could tell he was moving a little bit slower. But Aubrey said that he threw up on the field. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> so, you know, because he was getting nauseated, and that's been reported. But, uh, yeah, apparently he threw up on the field. And uh, that's whenever Stokes came in and had the game of his life. So, you know, uh, you know, somebody's somebody gets hurt, and they come out, somebody comes in and makes an opportunity you know, makes the best of their opportunity. And that's the thing you, you got to have out of this football game or football team. Yeah, no, exactly. Well, and, and my, if, since you took those guys for defensive player, I'm going to go with, uh, with, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Baker and, uh, who you didn't hear him. You didn't hear about Deandre Baker most of the game because they didn't throw the ball his direction because they were afraid to. And he had his guy covered the entire game. I mean, he, I, I love like when we go with stints without hearing his name because they're just terrified to throw his direction because they know he's going to make a play. And, uh, and he's just, he's been phenomenal and, uh, he deserves that all the accolades he's been getting. Well, those, are, those are the three guys that deserve the love. And then I'll, uh, you know, my two, I, I, once again, I had to have two offensive players of the game because I was obviously, I think Jake Fromm, Everything that we were kind of saying about him, and I, Fromm knows how I feel about him. <laughs> he knows, he knows I love that guy. Uh, but you know, as much as we were talking about him last game, exactly what you said, you know, it's just like he turned around. He was he was accurate. He was hitting guys in the numbers. He was throwing the ball deep downfield, showing off his his power. And uh, so he's he's got everything we want in a in a football player and a quarterback and. Uh, Jake Fromm had a great game. Riley Ridley was my other uh, offensive player of the game, and I mean, and I think that was one of his. He he led us in receiving. I think he had, yeah. So he had five receptions for eighty-seven yards. Gotta love that man. He's gonna be so he's kind of slowly becoming something. I want to say he's kind of slowly becoming the Javon Wims of this offense. I think he's gonna be the go-to guy on those third and eights. You know those out routes, those shoulder, you know back shoulder fades, things like that. So I'm excited about Riley Ridley. Well, and if he's proven he can go get those 50-50 balls. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's 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 can he's a lot stronger than those than most of the backs, the D backs that will play. He's strong. Uh, he he he's real strong, and um, he he's my as you know because I was when you were talking about it earlier, I was feverishly pointing at myself for mm-hmm. uh, those that that's your boy, that's see, your boy. I'll see, give it can't to you. See through podcasts, can't see through podcast uh, audio, uh, but that he's my guy, and I was so proud to kind of see him making those plays and, and having a, having a hell of a game. Um, so I, I, I'm ready to. I, I would I want, we can we can air it out some I think we've got the guys that can make it happen um which will open up the run game because I man Swift is too talented and I just hope he's all right so um but one thing too did want to kind of talk about is that we did get a little bit of the injury bug um this game and yeah. it, uh that that could have a that could have a big impact um going forward I I do have I pretty much have them all lined up and a little bit of update on everybody I think pretty much everybody. So first things first, uh, if you, if you haven't heard big Ben, he fractured his left fibula, which I had to look up what that was. Um, <laughs> so I knew it was somewhere in the leg. <laughs> I knew it was somewhere in the leg. I, I thought it was lower leg and I was correct. So I felt pretty good about myself. 
<laughs> I, I got a business degree, man. I don't do all this science <laughs> stuff. All right. So anyway, Big Ben. <laughs> damn it, I, I believe it. I believe it was a bone. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bone that was within the body. <laughs> yeah, what do we got, like 25 bones in our body or something like that? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Give or take. Give anyway or take. Uh, so he fractured his left fibula, which is not funny, Chanty. And um, he's apparently going to be out at least four weeks. I, I, I would guess that it's probably going to be closer to six or seven weeks, but he's apparently not going to have to have surgery or a cast, which is great. Um, then also Jackson Harris, who I've been like freaking saying, Hey, please get better for a long time. Now, Jackson Harris was practicing this week. So was Monty Rice. We need him back. And then also, I don't know if you've seen, but Andrew Thomas's sprained ankle is not as bad as it was, as we thought it was. And sorry, I'm about to throw up. (laughs) I'm like, that's not a, uh, stutter in the uh the no, audio that no, i'm just talking too much and I'm, and I'm drinking <laughs> anyway. take, a, take a take a breath man anyway so uh yeah so andrew thomas is he got rolled up on the game but he apparently was practicing this week so uh, i think he's gonna be okay or when i was listening to coach's press conference uh yesterday or today i can't remember which one it was but they're saying that they're gonna try to put kate in for, for Ben, because um, Ben's probably going to be – that's a big one. Uh, that's a huge one. And uh, I think Cade, they're going to put Thomas back in and then put Cade over where Ben was at to hopefully kind of keep what we're doing on the line. But these injuries are kind of kind of tough, but um, I think we can, we can get through them. Well, so as far as replacing Big Ben, I, I, and this is kind of how I generally think, but – it's a lot easier easier to replace a guard than it is a tackle. A tackle has to be has has to have that length. They have to have a little bit more experience. They have to be able to hold the edge. The guard just mostly has to be able to hold their guy in their in their zone and their area, um, and also have to be able to pull. But right now we're so deep in the guard department. <laughs> I mean, we could we get so we got Justin Schaefer, Kendall Baker, and. Uh, Cade Mays now uh, kind of competing for that spot, and apparently I was reading earlier that Cade Mays has been practicing with the first team at the right guard spot, and apparently uh, Kendall Baker's kind of been working in that left left guard spot over there where Solomon is. Uh, I think they're kind of competing over there, which is good. But you know, we'll be okay. I hate it because I love Big Ben. Big Ben is really good at just beating the hell out of people. <laughs> so. Anyway, I'm going to miss that guy, and he'll be back hopefully you know, before the end of the regular season, so uh, everybody be praying for him. We've, now that we've kind, of, we've kind of recapped, we have to uh, – let, let's move on to this, uh, this preview of this. Uh, do we have uh, to talk about Tennessee? <laughs> Who? Is that a thing? <laughs> oh, so God. We're like, the, what, 25 uh, minutes in? Oh, 30 minutes in, and we haven't even <laughs> talked about Tennessee. Sorry about well, that. That's uh that's most of most of college football media. Um, that's most everybody. They get toward the end of the segment, and they're like, "Crap, we hadn't even talked about Tennessee yet." <laughs> um, I hate them so much, and uh, I wish that uh, that I wish that I cared more about their program and what they have going on, but I do not. I do not. And uh, so, but we do have. It's a big matchup, big SEC East matchup. 
they are currently no, it's still, not. <laughs> they're currently still in the uh, the the peak of their dumpster fire. And the mm-hmm. flame is still very high, very hot. Yeah, people are uh, just throwing stuff in there. <laughs> I mean, after after a matchup last week with Florida, where they had six turnovers, and they were literally. Come, I don't know if you watched that game, but I kept kind of going back and forth just because I would like watch it, see a turnover, giggle, and then we'll turn it back to another game. Uh, but was the, it on TV? It was. It. <laughs> it was on TV. It was on TV. I didn't see it. On ESPN the Ocho, and uh, <laughs> they went. They were at the. They were coming out of halftime. They're like, "All right, so this is a." Uh, this was that was a terrible half for Tennessee. Like that was it can't get any worse than that. So like this is going to be a good half for them. Like they're going to try to get some stuff together because I like weirdly enough they were still kind of in the game. Like the game was Florida's playing so bad that that was the game was still really in reach for Tennessee. And literally on the kickoff, I can't remember if it was the kickoff or if it was the first play, they fumble the ball. <laughs> And give it right back to Florida, and they're like, "Well, I guess it it can get worse." <laughs> it can. I mean, it was just I was having a great. I can't time. believe you watched the toilet bowl. <laughs> like I said, I was going over to Stanford and Oregon and watching that game, which was, was a great game. Yes, that game was insane. Yeah, and then um, and we can talk about that, but. Uh, but during commercial breaks, I would swap back over and, like I say, watch Tennessee suck and, like, prove it, like kick the marker board. And I saw like, that. Yeah. <laughs> that was their highlight. That was their lone uh, highlight of the day. <laughs> <laughs> and it, and they had, like, players, like, quitting at halftime and, like, all kinds of stuff. Like, I mean, man, it is, it is bad. So, I, I, think, I think coming off of last week and being at home, still undefeated, SEC East game, It'll be a three thirty CBS game, big crowd. Um, Kirby's going to whip them back up into shape this week, and so hopefully we can handle handle the business. Yeah, I mean, there's not there's nothing to be scared of this week, and and I I know we kind of said that last week, and which is, you know, that's on us. That's on us. You can send us an email. Somebody send us an email. We've gotten like one or two, uh, so. Send us an email and tell us how, how stupid we are, uh, and I'm sure we'll get some from some of the guys we actually know. <laughs> but uh, here's the deal. Uh, you know, Tennessee's just in – they're in such a state that's – it's kind of irreversible at this point. And, and I say that in that Jeremy Pruitt is not their guy. I, I, I don't care what anybody says. Like, so basically, two two of the greatest football minds in, in, in the United States <laughs> are – Nick Saban and Bill Belichick, right? They're two defensive-minded coaches. But then outside of those guys, most the the large majority of head coaches in the country are all offense are all offensive-minded guys. And so when I look and and then of course there's Kirby who's also another that's why we're you know have been successful. But anyway, but you know, is it? You know, Jeremy Pruitt is just one of those hot-headed defensive coordinator guys who isn't going to turn into anything as as a head coach, and I'm going to stand by that because I don't care. He's not going to make any strides this season. If they give him three years, which hell, he might have another terrible second year, and then they might boot him. But if they give him three years, maybe he can get some recruits to make him that. You know, make him like you know, somewhat competitive. But then aside from that. They're not going to be able to do anything. It's not like, I mean, we're going to own them for as long as I can think, and they're not going to be able to do anything about it. Well, and 
But and you have to remember too, he was like their seventeenth choice. Yeah, they hired coach. that. What was that guy? That it was the ex Rutgers coach, Greg Schiano. Yeah. Holy cow! <laughs> like that's where Tennessee was going. So I mean, they have been in a they have been in a, just a weird state. And I, I wake up every morning, and, and I just. I'm thankful for my family, and I'm thankful for all these things, and I'm thankful for my coach, and then I'm thankful that we're not anywhere close to where Tennessee is in terms of what they've got going on. Are you you thankful for your co-host? Gee, I'm always thankful for you, babe. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just one of yeah, yeah. Don't worry, you you you've got my heart. You've got my heart. But they have. It's just it's it's scary the turn that they've taken. I mean, they went. They were going brick by brick, and it was just—it was like they were taking out one brick at a time. Yeah. And then Jeremy and Jeremy Pruitt just comes in with a bowling ball and just like screw it all. Yeah. <laughs> Before you know it, I'm, they ain't even got a wall. There's not a single wall. No, nope. so I mean it's just, and and I'm enjoying this conversation thoroughly. Uh, but yeah, um, and the funny thing is too, is uh, is Aaron Murray. Uh, he went on. And I think it was on CBS because now he's on there, and, and they asked him because he was a incredible quarterback in the SEC. He holds tons of records. Um, was here for for many years. Started all four years, and uh, then was coached by him. Like had him for a year, and um, he had him for a year, didn't he? He had him for a uh, year or two. Year or two. Yeah, it was yeah. I can't yeah. remember which one it was, but. Um, and they asked him on CBS, like, what are your thoughts? And he's like, I don't think he's going to be a good coach, like a good head football coach. Like he's too, like you said, fiery, just off the wall, kind of out of his mind. He's a hothead. Yeah, he's yeah, a hothead. Hot hot and, and you never know what he's going to do. And, and that's fine for like a coordinator where you're, you're just kind of scheming and you're doing – all you got to do is scheme up, do your job, and then your guys are going to take – but when you're the head football coach, you're – for an SEC school of that kind of prominence, not only are you having to manage the entire teams, all three phases of the game, but now you're having to manage the the money making machine of the foot of the of the college of the university. That's and right. It's an entire industry, and you can't be a hothead uh, to 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 put it to put it simply. And and that's all that Murray said. He's like, I don't think he's gonna be a co- like a good coach. I think it'll take time and like. Feinbaum went off on him like at the beginning of the season he's like he's like who what do we care what Aaron Murray thinks like what 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 does he have the right to say these things and all this kind of stuff and it's like are you kidding me it's like (laughs) Paul Feinbaum the only reason that you have any kind of say in anything and you shouldn't is because you had the bright idea to start a radio show in Alabama and just call a bunch of bunch of Get a, a call-in show for Alabama fans, and they're just out of their damn mind. <laughs> so you yeah. got a lot of good. You got to get a lot of good sound bites. <laughs> yeah, that's the only reason you're on the SEC network. You have nothing good to contribute. Yeah, yeah. You you mean to tell me this this media personality who literally yeah exactly what you're saying just has a radio call-in show, blah blah blah. He doesn't offer any analysis. Paul Feinbaum literally just talks to people and just says. Oh, yeah, well, Alabama's going to be the best team this year, blah, blah, blah. It's not – there's nothing to him. Aaron Murray lived it. He was coached by this guy. Of course, he was a defensive coordinator at the time, obviously, but still, he was on the coaching staff. He obviously made an impact. And 
you know, did did more harm than good. There's no doubt about it. And he's going to continue that over at Tennessee, which I'm, you know, it's fine. <laughs> Keep fanning the flames, baby. Keep fanning Phil the flames. Fulmer, just, just leave him there. Just give him a 15-year contract. <laughs> yeah, well, Phil Fulmer's just sitting back, obviously retired. He's like freaking 95 years old or something like now. But no, he's not that old. But, you know, anyway, Phil Fulmer's just sitting there like, you idiots, you shouldn't have fired me. Because, obviously, at that time, we were kind of splitting games with Tennessee. It was like every every other year we were winning a ball game. It was kind of like the at home, we we were having more more success up in Neyland Stadium half the time. But, anyway, it just – they're a mess. I – I'll do a quick rundown of their top players and, you know, we can kind of move on. And I, I've got a couple other comments to say about the state of the state of Tennessee, but so their, their top players are just run down as uh, their quarterbacks. Number two, his name is Jared Garantano. Garantano. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. <laughs> He's got 658 passing yards on the season, which is abysmal. Leading rusher, they have two guys that are over 200 yards on the season. They're number eight, Tim Jordan. He's got 237. Number eight, sorry, number nine, Tim Jordan. And then number eight, Ty Chandler has 220. And then their leading receivers, uh, number one, Marquez Callaway, who was actually a pretty pretty, uh, highly ranked recruit coming out of. He's actually from Warner Robins. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, He's got 210 yards on the season. So that's about as far as their stats go. Other than that, there's not too much to talk about. I do want to say, real quick, <laughs> so you're you're looking at Tennessee's schedule up to this point, and they split their games. They're two and two. They got absolutely murdered by West Virginia, as to be expected. They played Eastern Tennessee State, beat them fifty nine to three. That's like that's like Georgia playing like the best high school football team in Georgia. Anyway. Then they played UTEP, and they beat UTEP 24-0. I'll come back to that in a second. Then they played Florida, got blown out 47-21 in Needland. All, all these games, with the exception of West Virginia, which was in the belt, was the Charlotte Stadium or whatever, you know, the Panthers Bank Stadium. of America. Bank whatever. of America. You know, oh, yeah. I was banks, a local. I was a local. Oh, yeah, you know these things. And then, so anyway, other than that, they've all been in Needland Stadium. Eastern Tennessee State, UTEP, Florida. UTEP, they beat them twenty-four to nothing. I was looking at the FBI rankings for from ESPN. They, you know, they do a pretty good job of ranking the football teams and just showing exactly how good how good these teams are. I was looking at the list. I was like, UTEP. I know they suck. I know they're probably one of the worst teams on, on the list. And then I looked at the bottom of the list, and there's 130 teams on this list. I mentioned this to you earlier, Chancey, but. UTEP is number third, 130. Out of how many again? Out of 130. Yeah. Ah. They are the worst team, according to the ESPN FBI rankings. They're 0-4. They are the worst team in the country. And Tennessee only beat them by 24 points. But they only played two quarters, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. They probably rested their starters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. So... (laughs) I just want to beat up on them. Like, we should – hopefully we kind of got all of our – like, the, and we didn't even, like, talk about the penalties that we had this past week. Breakers. Hopefully we just cleaned up. We got disciplined. Got Get back to our composure, disciplined, physical football. 
that Kirby says all the time that we have since tattooed on the sides of our bodies as well. And it's that is the type of football we got to play. And if we do that, then we're going to dominate this game. <laughs> he asked me, like, so, uh, and I think it was kind of joking, like, how many notes did you make for Tennessee? <laughs> I was just like, yeah, I don't really have any notes because, like, there's nothing to talk about. <laughs> Is there notes to be taken? I really don't know. There's nothing it's to like talk about. We talked about we had pages of after the Mizzou game, and then I had, I had a decent amount beforehand. But it's just like, God, they just uh, – if we don't – Mizzou, like, that game, we, we kind of covered that, but – I can see what happened there, and like I said, Mizzou's a good team. They've got a good coach. Like they're just in a, we it was just a weird game. But Tennessee, there's no, no doubts about it. We got to beat. We got to beat the hell out of them. Yeah, there's no excuses. Uh, so th- the line came out for this game at thirty-two and a half, and as some people have noted on Twitter, thirty-two and a half is the same spread that we came out at against Middle Tennessee. So, in Vegas's mind, Tennessee and Middle Tennessee are the same, which is <laughs> awesome. Same state. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I can't be more excited about the fact that that's the case. Uh, so yeah, I I think I think a lot of I think a lot of the money's on Georgia too because I know a lot of people have uh, watched watched the Missouri game. They kind of realize that Kirby's going to get after their ass this week, and you know. They're just going to come in and re- release a lot of this pent-up in- energy and frustration on Tennessee. I expect us to dominate them. I don't. Thirty-two and a half. It's now like thirty-one or so. Did you, didn't you say that? Yes, thirty-one and a half. Yeah, so a point difference. So uh, there's still a decent chance that we cover that. I think so. Anyway, let's uh let's get in there and kick their ass. I mean, it's at home. It's gonna. It's a three-thirty game. I mean, there's gonna be a ton of people there. I'm excited about it. Simply because it's our it's our SEC home opener, so and, you know regardless, I mean it's something, and it's Tennessee. It's a, a name that you and I grew up hating, and we fought really hard against, and now we're playing a game that means next to nothing if we beat them. I mean they're probably up there with the F, in the FBI rankings with UTEP somewhere, but so anyway, let's just get in there and take care of business. I mean, and it's going to be in Sanford Stadium, and then we can. Enjoy all the fun games that are happening after that because uh, there's plenty to to be excited about after that, and we'll, we'll we'll be done with the Tennessee preview and kind of move on to the recap of last week's games of the week. So, unless you have anything else to say, do you have anything else to say about Tennessee? The pessimist in me always rears its head. This game can always get weird, and so it's been ugly most of the time. But God, just we just need to play our game and just, and just handle business and get out of there. Whatever, dude. I'll be the optimist. I'm I'm not buying it. We're gonna kick their ass. So anyway, and I said that last week, but I don't I don't care. I'm saying it again. All right, here we go. Here we go. Last week, Chancey and I we both went three and two on the games of the week. Pretty excited about it. I'm getting I'm getting messages notifications right now from my sports betting app that's telling me that the spreads are moving. So a lot of action going on. A lot of action going on. I'm following these things. Uh, so here's the deal. Uh, we went three and two. Chancey, you improved to seven and eight. 
Uh, you're forty six percent up from forty percent on the on the season. I'm eight and seven, so up from fifty percent. I'm fifty three percent now. Uh, you and I split the Texas A and M Alabama. Kudos to you, sir. That was and a good kudos, call. And kudos to you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> we are both drinking bourbon, and we're excited about it. Uh, we both hit on the South Carolina pick. That was easy. Vanderbilt's always overrated this time of year. TCU, we both got slammed on that pick. Th- Texas cleaned up 31-16. to 16. Horny, toads, uh, horny Toads just didn't show up. <laughs> yeah, no, they, didn't. they didn't. I was pumped. I literally, that was like my lock of the week, and TCU just sucked. Anyway, the Texas defense, they, they might be legit. They might, might be. Uh, let me, Texas is back, man. <laughs> damn it. Sorry. I don't know about that. Maybe. So anyway, uh, then the Oklahoma State Texas Tech game. I picked Texas Tech. They rolled forty-one to seventeen. I was pumped about it. Uh, I wish I, w- I wish I put a, a few doll hairs on that. And then uh, the last game, the Stanford Oregon game. So you watched some of that? Oh my god, I watched the whole thing. I did like, too. How could, how could you not watch that game? I didn't mean to. So I was about to go to bed. I had a small small wager, small wager on it. It really was. Uh, it wasn't anything. I had a small wager on it, and I was about to go in bed, and I was like, I was like, Kadana, you know, I, I want to watch a little bit of football, probably be back in like 15 minutes. <laughs> I sat there for an hour and a half watching the rest of this football game, going into overtime. It should have been 31-7, to but then the stupid referees called that ball out, you know, on the, on the, um, on the goal line. And then they f- threw the snap over the quarterback's head. I was like, this is fun. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute. They might win this football game. Sure enough, Stanford, like, they, all they had to do was kneel the ball. And then Oregon, all they had to do was kneel the ball and then run around on fourth down. They were being stubborn. I think they wanted to, to prove a point, And then the point got proven on them. <laughs> it was it was wild like it was a super fun game and i just i was thinking the whole time after the day that we experienced like if i if if oregon was georgia i probably would have just gotten on the top of my house and jumped off and which probably wouldn't have killed me and i would have enjoyed the pain of like breaking my legs more than <laughs> than like experiencing that game <laughs> like it was a good game to watch, but I was after that day. I was thinking, like, oh my god, if I was an Oregon fan right now, I would be just distraught. But Oregon looked good, man. That quarterback was good. Yeah, so I'm I'm thinking about putting some uh, doll hairs on on them this weekend, uh, potentially. They're it's only like a three point spread. They're playing California. It's in it's in Cal though, so I don't know. Pac twelve. I've said it. I've said it before. I'll say it again. There, it is the most unpredictable conference in the in the land. Um, so anyway, I I I love that game. That was actually my my favorite game to watch. I mean, obviously, beside the dogs, um, that was the most entertaining game of the weekend last weekend. Stanford ended up winning thirty eight to thirty one. For those who didn't know, they won it in overtime. Let's go ahead and get into Chansey and Cheese Games of the Week. Games of the Week. Games of the Week. All right, here we go. West Virginia's playing Texas Tech. Uh, as you can see, Chansey Pants, uh, I've got some rankings on there now. I'm really stepping my game up. Uh, West, Yeah, yeah, you see that? We've got four ranked versus ranked games on this slate. Very pumped about it. 
West Virginia number twelve playing Texas Tech number twenty five. Um, who you got there? Oh, sorry, uh, the line is three and a half favoring West Virginia. Who you got there? I'm gonna go with the Mountaineers, uh, just because I I think they've got uh, an above average defense and they can hold Texas Tech up a, a little bit. And uh, they'll and Greer's been putting up monster numbers. Um, so. Even if it's at home for Texas Tech, uh, I think they have like they'll, they'll probably have a lot of people show up for that game. They don't have a lot of people normally show up for their games, so home is not a huge factor <laughs> at all. So <laughs> I was one of the games they were playing somebody, and they had like 14 people in the stands, and it was like second quarter. <laughs> so uh, going going with the Mountaineers. Bad pick, Chancy. Bad pick. I'm gonna go with te- Texas Tech Red Raiders. I'm I'm gonna just roll with them after last weekend, dude. You can't you can't do that to me. They rolled on Oklahoma State. I'm gonna go with Texas Tech, but uh, no, I'm I'm pretty pumped about them. I think they're actually gonna be a good football team. And apparently, they're getting back some defensive players this week. So I'm gonna go with Texas Tech to to win the game potentially outright. And then you know, a uh, little little shout out to Davis Buchanan We're here real quick. Apparently, Texas Tech. <laughs> The town of Lubbock has its own uh, STD, so you know Raider Rash. <laughs> so, so we're gonna. I'm gonna go with the Raider Rash te- Texas Tech guys. I was not ready for that. Yeah, we can cut that out if you want to. <laughs> so anyway, all right, let's move on. Uh, Florida plays Mississippi State. Mississippi State's ranked 23rd. Mississippi State's ranked. Uh, excuse me, uh, favored eight and a half points. Who you got there? Hail State, baby. Hell yeah. Uh, I'm on. Florida can suck it. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got to say about that game. Okay. All right. Uh, no, I'm completely and totally with you. This is the return of. Uh, sorry. Well, Dan Mullins. Yeah, Dan Mullen is returning to Starkville to get his ass kicked. Very pumped about it. Well, Mississippi State's also coming off a beatdown from Kentucky. I mean, you saw that. Yeah, who's legit? Yeah, they're pretty good. Okay, we're going to talk about them. They're on the slate. They're on the slate. Anyway, I'm taking they're Mississippi on the, State. They're too. on the slate. <laughs> they're on the slate. <laughs> Sorry. We're getting a little sloppy in the games of the week here. <laughs> okay, here we go. All right, so Stanford, who's ranked seventh, is playing Notre Dame at Notre Dame, and uh, Notre Dame's favored at this moment by five and a half. That, that line has moved up from three or three and a half to five and a half. I'm taking Notre Dame. I think they're a better football team. Who are you taking? I'm going to go with Notre Dame too, especially with it being at home. But Notre Dame found their quarterback. They finally got out of got out of Wimbush. They're they they found their guy, and they that he put up some good points. It was Wake Forest, so it wasn't like a big deal. But he started playing like he was. They're getting quarterback production they haven't gotten in a while, so it was good for. I think I think they'll kind of hit their stride, have some confidence going into the game. Stanford. Uh, Stanford played great ball uh, against against Oregon, but two road games like that—that's tough. Um, that's two big two big road games. Um, so I, I think, especially a long long trip for them. So I'm going to go with the Irish as much as I hate them. I'm going to go with Notre Dame as well. Yeah. So um, I mean, I, so here's the deal with the new quarterback coming in at Notre Dame. I, I'm pretty pumped about him. I think he's going to be pretty good. And by pretty pumped, I mean I'm just only pumped because I think we're going to win. I think we're both going to win this pick. But other than that, 
Stanford really should have gotten blown out against Oregon, and I think they got a lot of lucky breaks. I don't think they're as good of a football team as they uh, are made out to be, so they're certainly not a top-10 football team. South Carolina plays Kentucky. Kentucky's ranked 17th. Kentucky's favored by one and a half points. It's in Kentucky. Who you got there, Chance? This one's this one's funky because uh, Kentucky's Kentucky's a good football team. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with old Benny Snell. I think they're gonna Hell win this yeah. game. I'm, I think I'm gonna go with the Wildcats. I think they're gonna pull it off, especially at home. At, they're gonna have a pretty raucous crowd. All. 45 of them <laughs> in that stadium. <laughs> no, they're uh, going to be there, dude. I guarantee you that stadium is going to be packed this weekend. Guarantee. Oh, oh yeah, they're all going to they're all going to be there. And uh because they're they're not used to this. Uh good quarterback, uh Benny Snell is real. And um I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a fun weekend for those guys. I agree. I think one and a half point spread is basically, you know, it doesn't even it doesn't mean anything. I think that this game is going to be decided by at least three points. I think Kentucky, man, top to bottom, they look like they've got the they they look like they got the better defense. Their offense is running at, at a at a high caliber right now. Benny Snell is one of the best running backs. He's he potentially may be the best running back in the in the SEC right now. Uh, he's he's their only running back, so it makes more sense. So anyway, I'm going with Kentucky as well. We're going to roll there. I think uh, South Carolina is a good football team, but Kentucky also just want to pull for Kentucky there. I mean, so they actually was looking at their their schedule earlier, and they play, I think, Missouri, Vanderbilt, or I don't know what the order is. They play Vanderbilt, Missouri, and damn it, I forgot the other name, other team. But anyway, before they play us, oh, it was Tamu. They play Tamu at Tamu. So that's kind of the only thing. So if they kind of win two out of three of those and then come into to uh, we play them up in Kentucky this year, if we play them and they've basically they got one loss in the season, then man, that might be a pretty fun game. Well, and that could be the like without having look, I don't know who else else is playing, but like if they come in there pretty good and we we stay unscathed, that could be the CBS game. Yeah, exactly. For the first time ever, <laughs> which is just nuts. <laughs> that is nuts. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking to say. Damn, Kentucky's actually pretty good this year. Um, so we got Ohio State plays Penn State. This is probably the marquee matchup of the of the weekend. It is where game day is. Uh, Ohio State's rated fourth, ranked fourth. <laughs> Rakers. Penn State is ranked ninth. Ohio State is is uh, favored by three and a half points here. I hate that spread. Three and a half means nothing. If it goes down to three, it means something. Who you got here, Chance? The thing that about Ohio State is like they they suck. Yeah, yeah they. I hate them so much. But they're actually you know really good. But yeah, they're really good, and I hate that. Uh, Urban Meyer's back, and so I feel like you just gotta. I'm gonna have to. Just follow the follow the X's and O's here, and go with go with uh, go with Urban Meyer and Ohio State um, to to, to kind of pull it off here. There toward the end, James Franklin is not a good coach. Uh, they're they're going to have a pretty electric crowd, uh, but I guess I'm just going to go with the, with them. I don't even want to say their name. I can tell that was painful for you. Yeah, I really struggled with that. So I'm I. I 
I'm going to, without hesitation, say that Ohio State still wins this ball game. They probably, I, I think they win this game by like potentially two touchdowns. So and two extra points. So uh, I think Ohio State rolls. Doesn't matter if they're playing in Happy Valley or not. So you went with uh, okay. You went with Ohio State there. I got oh gosh, my computer's doing crazy things. I'm just trying to make a note here. All right, Ohio State for you. Ohio State for me. Last matchup of the week, games of the week. Number twenty BYU plays number eleven Washington in Washington. It's the late game. It's like going to be at like 10.30. Or it might be 8.30, actually. I think it might be a little bit earlier than we think. Washington is favored by 17.5. I think that as we were sitting here, went down to 17. But we're going to play it at 17.5. Who you get there? I know absolutely nothing about BYU. <laughs> they beat Wisconsin last weekend. Oh. Yeah. Mm. That's a good... That's a good little note there. You're welcome. Uh, thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, that's a big spread uh, for for a top twenty five matchup. Um, I, I'm, I feel like I'm gonna have to go with BYU just to keep it within that that spread. That's a big that's a big number. It is, and BYU has actually got so they have one loss in the season against Cal. Um, they've got a couple pretty decent games, but they beat what they beat uh, Wisconsin in Wisconsin. They covered like it was like a twenty-something point spread against them. So I'm I'm thinking that BYU is just kind of one of those teams that's got a lot of tenacity to them and a lot of fight. So I'm going to go with BYU in the points. If you're going to go BYU, then uh, I think we only have one pick that is different. Yeah, yeah. So the uh, West Virginia Texas Tech game is going to be the deciding factor this week. Who wins? So. Should be fun. That, riding that Raider rash. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> and you did. You did is. that. You did that. Not me. Uh, yeah, but well, you brought it back up, though. Yeah, well, you deserved it. <laughs> okay. So what? Uh, so so now that we've got gone through that, uh, so what? What you? What's your plans for the weekend? What you thinking? All right, plans for the weekend. I'm going to keep this short as possible because I think we're kind of uh, stretching our time here. Yeah, we're over an hour. Sorry. So here's the deal. Friday night, the Dirty Governors are playing in the Georgia Theater. I will be at the concert. Pretty pumped about that. Uh, but I will also be up and ready to go. We're, we're going to have the tailgate set up on Millage Avenue at 830. Um, my brother's having his gender reveal during the tailgate because that's how the Briners roll. I mean, it's going to be just a hell of a day. And... We're gonna tell be tailgating. I'm I'm kind of scared how many beers I'm gonna be consuming that on the day. Uh, but oh, also Austin is spiking a football, and I'm sure Aubrey and I will play some part in this. Maybe like snap it and throw it to him, and then he spikes it because he loves Gronkowski. So anyway, whatever. He's spiking a football to show if it's a boy or a girl for the gender reveal. So. Big time tailgate, going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a, uh, a lot of smoked meats and things like that. So uh, what, are you, what, what are your plans? Are you, are you coming to the tailgate or what? Oh, yeah, I, I'll be there. I'll be there. Don't worry. Uh, we're, we've got the family up there and everything. I haven't uh, – my my Friday's kind of iffy, and I know I didn't know if I was going to be in town or not, so I didn't get Gov's tickets. Um, but that's okay. It'll be all right, and I'll, I'll live through it. Are you going to uh, be in town? I, I, I'm actually going to be in town on Thursday, so oh, I'm, get, I'm getting in. Getting, yeah, I know, getting in early. Uh, but yeah, so but I'll be there. Don't worry, you'll you'll see me. 
Dadgummit, dude. I, I sold my wife's ticket because she wants to go hang out with her girlfriends, you know, which is like, you know, I'll give her that. So I sold well, her ticket. I'm your mistress. You should have asked me first. Damn it. I blew it. I blew it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I have like next to no worries about this football game. I really don't. And I know you're the more pessimistic side of this podcast, so I know I know that it worries you a little bit more, but I'm more excited about the fact that a lot of our friends coming to town and family, it's going to be a huge celebration. Going to a concert on Friday night before a football game for the first time probably ever. So I'm excited about it. Well, I didn't say I wasn't excited about those things. Like, you're like, you're well, like no, you're I'm not trying to say that. <laughs> you're like, but yeah, but I'm excited about the experience and like family and friends. Like, yeah, I'm excited about that too. But... Yeah, well, you're, you, dude, you're just a party pooper, and you know it. Good point. Good point. And on I'm that just... note, we're just gonna, <laughs> we're just gonna finish. Let's sign this. off. Let's sign off. Uh, all right, man. Well, I'll, uh, I, I'll, I'll let you know when I'm in town on Thursday. Might get to see you, and uh, we'll see y'all on Saturday. Go dogs! Dogs on top. Thank y'all so much for listening to Calling the Dogs with Chansey and Chi. Please bear with us as we try to figure this whole thing out. We're having a great time, and we hope you are too. Uh, be sure to check us out on all of the social medias. Uh, we're on Instagram at Calling the Dogs Pod, Facebook at Calling the Dogs Podcast, and we're on YouTube. So be sure to check us out there. Until next time, go dogs.